want to keep your life from spinning out of control, make sure that Jesus is the center of it all. There's a, there's a gravitation, spiritually, there's a gravitational pull there that holds things together. It's having him in the center, the center of your life, the center of your marriage, the center of your family, the center of your job, the center of your thoughts, the center of your confession, the center of your... So you keep him at the center, and he keeps things going, and he keeps things together. Father, today we stand before you with our ears open, our eyes open, Father, to your spirit to speak to us and to show us things that we haven't heard or seen before. I thank you, Father, that our hearts are good ground, that as we take your word in today, Father, I thank you that by the power of the Holy Spirit, it brings a harvest in our lives. We thank you, Father, that we are blessed because we not just hear the word, we not just see the word, but, Father, we live the word in our lives, and we thank you. Father, for the ability to do that in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God's good, huh? Amen. I know that. And they can handle this, and they understand this, and they're right with me. Yeah, yeah, I've heard all that. No, they're not. Okay, I love you and your kids. Yes, they are the smartest and the most respectful and wonderful children in the face of the planet. They're not wired yet. We're going to talk about that next week in Consistent and Predictable. We're going to talk a little bit about the wiring of the kids as they go through, what they can and cannot understand. It's important. Forever's a long time. You're planting seeds today that won't be reaped for 20 years. And they're hard to dig up once you've planted them. So make sure you plant the right ones. This too shall pass is going to be a little bit about the good things too because Corey now has four kids. He comes in. He looks like he's been beat on his way to work. He hasn't slept for six days. He's doing all kinds of crazy things. And me, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what to do with all my time. Because mine are, mine are, I never see that one, and the other one lives at Butler. And so, I, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know what you're talking about. They woke you up in the middle of the night. Oh, I slept for like 24 hours. I don't know what you're doing. He hasn't eaten. He looks, he looks like crap. And uh, many times. I don't get that. And I tell them, hey, this too shall pass. You know, this too is going to pass, man. I mean, you also got lots of kids. I mean, you got lots of kids. Just in, just in the, the handful of, of staff leaders, there's like 40 kids between the bunch of them. So don't drink the water around here unless you're looking to have more. But I tell him this. You know what? I miss those days some. Some. Not lots. Because I borrow their kids. On Wednesday night, we borrowed them and took them all to Dairy Queen, and we just hype them up on sugar at 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, then bring them home, <laughs> watch them run around in circles. And they say, hey, we got to go to bed. We got to go to bed. We got to go to bed. <laughs> like, hey, eat your ice cream first. <laughs> There's a little disclaimer here. We haven't been the greatest parents in the world, so the things that we talk about, we're going to talk, we're going to start slowly. Today, we're going to talk about foundation, but we haven't been the best, but we've learned some things. How many have learned some things because you haven't always done everything the best? We had great parents, you know, but, but they made mistakes too. You've had great parents or you've had bad parents. I think the one thing we have in common is we all learn some things from our parents that we want to try to emulate, and we learn some things from our parents that we don't want to do. But what I'm going to encourage you today is be led by the Spirit of God in your parenting and not your history and previous knowledge of parenting. Because what your parents did in your life may have been great for you, but it might not be great for them. I understand and dig yelling and screaming. If I've done something wrong, yell at me. 
scream at me. I get it. I was a great athlete in the fact that when I didn't make a mistake, the coach, I was the whipping boy. I, I got that. Come tell me, make me run laps, scream in my face. I don't take it personal. I understand what you're telling me. Now, please, not any of you come line up in my office and just berate me in between services. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. So for me, that works. But for, for him, that doesn't work. And I found that out after a few years of trying that. See, what you think might work for you or what did work for you that your parents did or whatever, that might not work for the one that you have. So part of this disclaimer says that we have made mistakes and we've relied on his mercy, but more than that, we have relied on his grace. You've heard me. I've shared the story of standing outside their rooms and crying, literally crying out to God to say, I need you to show up. I need you to help me. This was yesterday. (laughs) I haven't seen him in three days, so that doesn't count. It's not going to be a parenting workshop. It's more like a Christmas gift. I'm going to give you a lot of instructions, and it's going to be some assembly required. You're going to go home and try some of this, and you're going to have parts left over. Just kick them under the tree and move move on. Uh, They'll be all right. Those toys never broke, you know, and you didn't need all those parts. I will tell you this, the stories you are about to hear are fictional and do not reflect the lives specifically or implied of any of you without express written consent. So I will not, if I'm talking and you're saying, I can't believe you're saying that about me, I'm not saying that about you. I'm just just saying it. So it doesn't have anything to do with you. This is difficult for me because I know about all you, and I want to address all your horrible issues, but I can't (laughs) in this forum, so... You're going to have questions. There are a lot of good parents. There are a lot of good people in this church who have been through some things, who have done some stuff, and, and, and they are available. I think the one thing that you have to do as a parent is you, 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 can't, you can't stop searching. You can't stop seeking. Search and seek after God, but, but begin, to, begin to rely on folks who you know who trust God. Everything they did, you're not going to be able to do. And just because it worked with theirs, isn't going to work with yours. And because it worked with the first one of yours, doesn't mean it's going to work with the second one. And because it worked with the first one yesterday, I'm telling you, it ain't going to work with that one tomorrow. These things evolve. These children, they change. They, they, they grow and they morph. And then all of these things happen. But I'll tell you this. If you trust God and you begin to do this consistently, God will begin to make a difference. I will ask you and tell you that it's important to be led by the Spirit of God. That's not a cop-out. It's your lifeline. I'm not saying as a cop-out, be led by the Spirit so I don't have to have responsibility over the things that you do. I'm just saying I am telling you that's the only way to do this. It's your lifeline. Use it. John 16, 13 says that the Holy Spirit will tell you things to come. He'll tell you things about your kids you need to know. If you're a person here who doesn't have any kids or maybe you're a little older or whatever and you have grandkids, knock yourself out. You can take all this information. You don't necessarily, as a grandparent, have as much control in their lives as you would probably like. But you may be, as a grandparent, the only person believing for them, the only person praying for them because mom and dad might not be. Grandparenting is a whole different animal. These kids used to come home from grandparents and just be all happy and say stuff and say, Grandma gave me this. I said, well, Grandma smacked me in the face for that last week. Or when I was a little kid, who are these people? Who, they are imposters. Who are these people that are, 
They, 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 those aren't my parents. Those aren't the ones who told me I couldn't do that. Those were, you know what? They hated that when I did that. I got spanked and grounded, and they gave you a lollipop and five bucks. So uh, that doesn't make sense. How many of you know that are grandparents? Sometimes you get a little smarter as you get a little older. You know, you start figuring some things out. You watch Duck Dynasty? There's some great wisdom on that show. Okay? You got to dig deep for it because a bunch of hillbillies don't know anything. But I mean, if you dig deep enough, there's some wisdom. That's right, Jack. You got to watch it, man. It's good stuff. A&E. A&E. You can't miss it. Duck Dynasty, it's, it's worth watching. They're Christian folks. They're Christian folks. Go to church, pray. The dad, Phil, he's a, he's, he preaches time to time. These are good, these are good folks. Now, you, I'm just telling you. They don't look like the rest of us, but they're good folks. Willie Robertson, he's the CEO of Duck Dynasty of the company. He said, parenting is a constant struggle between making your kid's life better and ruining your own. (laughs) Making your kid's life better and ruining your own. I will tell you this. You are on this earth as a parent for them, not you. They're ruining my life. Suck it up. It's miserable. Yep, sometimes. Suck it up. Don't you act like more of a baby than your baby. There is a fine balance. You want to instruct, you want to lead, you want to guide, you want to do all those things, but you know just as well as the next person that grounding that kid means you're grounded. That old thing that your parents told you that spanking is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you, it does. The next thing is parenting will be awkward. There's going to come a time and there are going to come a place There will be moments where parenting is awkward. Embrace it. Don't run away. In those awkward moments, you're doing more than just facing a situation. You're teaching your child how to deal with awkward moments. And somebody has to be the bigger person in the situation. And it's got to be you. Not just talking about birds and bees or anything else. Just let me tell you, there are awkward moments in this as you go. And you're not going to know them all. You're not going to know what to do in them all. But you've got to act like you do. Because God does. It's important. The third thing here as we go before we get into the rest of it. <laughs> remember, this is important. They will do as you do. But they will always remember what you say. And they will share that at unopportune times <laughs> with unopportune people. The pastors that you need to take care of in this church more than myself are the children's pastors because they know all of everything about you. <laughs> because they have prayer request time and your child raises their hand and they tell the children's church. It's PG-13 sometimes in there, prayer request time. They tell them what you just said to mom on the way to church. They tell you what just went down at home last night. So if you want to take care of them, get them Starbucks cards, take them out to dinner, do all those kind of things because they're the ones who know the most about you. Parenting's not for you, it's for them. Do you have a plan? That's the question I want to ask. I just felt to ask that. I, I, I asked it, and we, we didn't have a plan in raising our children. But that came to me. I have a plan in everything else. You know, I know Habakkuk 2 says to write the vision. So that when you, when you run with it or when you read it, you'll be able to run that direction. Why do we not do that then with our children? Let me tell you this. God made them. God created them. 
He knows everything about them, and he knows how to raise them. If you'll hook up with him in this, I'm not saying every day is going to be ice cream and Twinkies and running through the icicle forest, but it's going to be good. But realize, you have to partner with him in this. He gave them to you to raise. He didn't give them for you. He gave them to you. There's a responsibility in that. Your highest calling as a parent, I don't want to get all spiritual and super scriptural on you and all these things, but I will tell you, your highest calling as a parent is the spiritual development of your children. And I know you're looking at me thinking, yeah, I don't know, I'm just telling you. Proverbs 22.6. In the New King James, it says, train your child up in the way that they should go, and when they get old, they will not, it says, depart from it. And for me, that was great, and we've learned that, and we've heard that all of our lives. But when I looked it up in the Message Bible, it meant something to me. It said, point your kids in the right direction. When they're old, they won't be lost. That meant something to me. Because when I grew up, I wasn't doing right, but I wasn't lost. I knew the truth. I knew the direction. I knew, I knew who Jesus was, what he'd done for me, and what he wanted to do for me. I wasn't lost. That meant something to me. That depart from it thing, I think many times we come to God with this scripture and we say, but God, we trained them and they've departed. I think he would speak back to us and say, it's all right, I'm in control, they're not lost. They may not be doing it right. They may not be in the right place. But it says, point them in the right direction, and when they get older, they won't be lost. That's important. It says, train them up means that you invest whatever is needed to point your kids in the right direction. To train them according to the, this is interesting, to train them according to their unique gifts and talents and needs. To allow them to become who God created them to become. That's why I say you need a plan. Why don't we write that? You have to hold this plan a little bit with kid gloves because things change. But as we were dealing with our children, we didn't write this down, but we knew the things that we were speaking over them in their life. We knew the things that we were praying for them. We knew the things that we were believing. We really began to ask God, what are they? Who are they? Help us with their personality. Help us with their giftings. Help us with their needs. He needs something different than Rachel needs. Help us find out what that is. Help us begin to put them in the right place so that they can be successful. What he needed to be successful, Daniel, is a little different than what Rachel needed to be successful. The way he interprets the world is a little different than the way that Rachel interprets the world. <laughs> Rachel interprets the world different than all of us. <laughs> she's, been in, she's been a lot of fun. So I thought he was work, but this one came back and she's more work. But talk about that a little next week <laughs> they, they, they need different stuff and you got to be okay with that because it's not for you it's for them 
You begin to put them in this thing and you never allow God to be God and you begin to say you're always going to be like this or you need to be like this or this is the way it has to happen. You begin to do that with them and you begin to squelch who they are. I'm not saying let them run wild. I am saying ask God to help you lead each one in their unique giftings and abilities. Ask God to tell you or to help you understand where their pitfalls are going to be. And then he'll begin to help you instruct them in a way that they'll be able to avoid those things in their life. That's awful specific. Sure, why not? He knows them. He knows all about them. He knows you. He knows all about you. Nothing beats a firm foundation. Luke 6, 47 through 48. It says that you need to be like a man building a house, digging and laying the foundation on the rock so that when the, the flood rises and the streams beat vehemently against that house, it would not be able to be shaken for it would be founded on the rock. Your kids will face temptation Trials and travails, tribulation, and if you're not allowing them to, you're doing them a disservice. Do not come to their every rescue. Allow, how did you learn the things that you have learned by going through things? I'm not saying let them fall off the cliff. But there may be a time and there may be an opportunity to let them fall off the bicycle. I know that's not... You have to, I'm telling you, you have to be led by the Spirit to know these things. But you can't protect them from everything, or they'll never be able to defend themselves against anything. They'll face temptation, trials, and travails, but they need a solid foundation, and it's up to you to do that. As their parent, it's up to you to put them on the solid foundation. Well, I bring them to church. Yep, but they're with you six and a half other days of the week. Well, they don't want to listen. Well... You're going to have to work at it. Well, I'm kind of tired from work. Well, suck it up. You're not here for you. You're here for them. Well, I don't like that. Well, you don't have a choice. Should have thought about that before. Never mind. (laughs) Easy. I'm just going to ask you. Are you working as hard? Are you trying as much? to provide for them spiritually in your life as you do physically. So you're going to work. You're doing everything that you can. Some of you, one job, two jobs, three jobs. You're doing everything you can so that they can be in in shoes and in clothes. And and, I mean, you're doing everything you can so there's food on the table and you're doing all these. I mean, we're doing all these things so that they make the right soccer team or their piano lessons. Or you know what? We work really hard so that they're really good in school and get good grades. Man, that's awesome. But are you working that hard and that diligently at training them spiritually in your life? Well, I don't know a whole lot. Learn. Yes, bring them to church. Church partners with you in this. But church isn't just the answer. It's in our homes beginning to instruct and teach and do those things. It's not necessarily a four-point message with an opening and a closing and an altar call and a call to repentance at the end. Sometimes it's just day-to-day activities and day-to-day things that the window comes open on an opportunity and you get to tell them not what's right, not what is the good thing to do, not you get to begin to explain to them God's thinking, God's reasoning, the word. Well, I don't do that so much. Then you need to change you. Why? Because that's a firm foundation. 
It's a firm foundation. And they will face a storm. And they will face a trial. And they will not know what to do. Point them in the right direction. When they get older, they won't be lost. It's important. There are day-to-day, moment-to-moment opportunities. One of the questions that we were sent in, and all of this said, how should a parent respond to a child, somebody school age, that doesn't want to participate in family devotions or resists the suggestion to read their Bible on their own? Do you force it and risk rebellion, or do you let those issues go and risk not encouraging good spiritual habits? It's a good question. How many of you just loved family devos when you were young? No hands. How many of you just voraciously read through the Bible as a young person on your own, besides my sister? She was an angel without wings, that one. Not many of us. I'm not saying that you don't train them in that way. I'm saying just realize there are other opportunities and other ways to train them. There doesn't have to be a four-point lesson. and a f- I, You can have family devotional time. That's encouraged. That's important. But what it looks like for you and your family may be different than what it looks like for somebody else. Don't think that because I'm the pastor, we all gathered around the coffee table and sat with our Bibles open and began to dissect Scripture. When we were kids, our parents tried to get us to play this ungame, to be like family devotional time. We like threw the game in the trash, burned it, and we said, I'm not doing that. Not right. But here's the deal. In our life with our children, we began to take every opportunity to show God's goodness. We began to teach our children about our family testimony and how good God is. See, instead of just taking that moment in time where they come to church and we begin to preach to them, these kids aren't your church. They're your children. I get to instruct and teach on Sunday mornings, and I get to instruct and teach sometimes on Wednesday nights, but it'd be different if I was with you all the time. I'd be instructing and teaching you all the time. Why? Because I kind of act halfway as your parent. That's the way you parent. You continue, to, you continue to talk about God's goodness and how he's brought you through and how he's made the difference, and it wasn't we could not afford that. We don't, I don't think we ever said we can't afford that. We never said that. They didn't get everything they wanted, but we began to teach them and instruct them about being good stewards of the things that God has given us and about giving and how important that is. We began to lay a foundation on the Word of God when it came to finances. We began to lay a foundation on the Word of God when it came to health. We began to lay a foundation on the Word of God when it came to friends. We began to lay a foundation on the Word of God when it came to making decisions. Why? Because they're going to grow up and they're going to go out of your house. And I can't, I can't make him do anything, but I can give him a firm foundation. See, you can't make your child do anything. Once they get about 12, 13, 14 years old, I'm telling you, you are a coach. You better have instructed them. You better have trained them. You better have laid some foundation because they're going to walk out of your house. And you can't stop that. And if you do... You're doing them a disservice. Three things that I wanted to share with you today real quick about keeping Jesus at the center. See, this this position that we have as parents is much like the guys in the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25. They were given something, entrusted with something from their master. 
It actually says, I think, in Psalms 127 that your children are a heritage from the Lord, which means they belong to him, not you. You're just entrusted with them. They're not yours, and they're not here to make you feel better. You're here to make their life better. But that last one, he had his talent, and he didn't do anything with it. He was scared. Don't you walk in fear. Fear breeds fear. You want to know why your kids are scared? Because you are. Fear breeds fear. It's impossible for faith to breed fear. It's in, now, I'm not saying that they don't face it and they don't get scared, but you reinforce that with faith. And then when you reinforce that with the word in faith, then that fear goes away. They have faith and trust in you because you, they know that you have faith and trust in God. And it begins to teach them that, that ladder that goes that direction. But fear breeds fear and faith breeds faith. So somewhere in your world, your child has begun to take that fear, whatever that thing is. But it says children are a heritage from the Lord. He entrusted them with you. He did so in such a way that it says a man might entrust his fortune to his heir. I give it to you not because you're my son, but because I trust you with this. That's what God's saying. Parable of the talents, the same thing. The one who used their ability, that they tried to the best of their ability to use what was given to them. It said, well done, my good and faithful servant. It didn't say anything about winning it or losing it it didn't say it was necessarily because they took 10 and gained 10 it was because they took 10 and they used it how about that but the one guy he had one and he didn't use it he was scared i'm not saying use your children i'm saying use the abilities that god gave you to parent your children if you don't you're going to be the wicked and slothful servant I love you. You're doing a great job, by the way. Your kids are awesome. I love them. I go around high-fiving them down the hallways. They're, they're wonderful. You're doing a great job. I'm here to encourage you. Build it on the foundation. Three things that we can do really to help us keep Jesus at the center. The first thing, you need to be a do-as-I-do parent. Do your children know the Word? Do they love Jesus? And are you teaching them and training them to follow his voice wherever they go? Well, I don't know about that, but I've got them in the right programs, and i got them in school, and their grades are coming up, and yeah, that's awesome. But I am telling you what, they will eventually be out of school. And they will eventually be at a party, and they will eventually be at a place, and they will eventually be in a job where they're tested morally. Will they know what to do? Will they know what the truth is? Well, I told him, but did you do it? I'm just telling you, they care a whole lot more about what you do than what you say. They'll always remember what you say, but it's always the bad stuff. But they'll emulate what you do. Do you speak and live in your household like a follower of Christ? That's what we want for them, right? Then you better be. You are Jesus' representation in your household to your children of a Christian husband, a Christian 
wife, a Christian. They're learning how to be a Christian parent from you. They're learning how to be a Christian wife from you. They're learning how to be a Christ follower from you, not me. Because you said you are. They're learning to be a Christian uncle. They're learning to be a Christian employee. They're learning to be a Christian giver. They're learning to be a Christ sufferer. They're learning to be a Christ follower. They're learning to give up their life for others from you. So you have to be a do-as-I-do person. You must live as an example no matter how difficult. You live your life as a giver. Make the hard decisions and difficult sacrifices. You, 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 me, 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 me. When you're tired and you want to bail, come to church. When kids don't like to come, because you don't like to come. Not every time. Don't you ever talk bad about the children's pastor or the youth pastor, and don't you talk bad about me. I don't care if you hate me. I don't like you either, but I like your kids. And they're the future of this joint, so... Don't you turn them against me. We got no hope. <laughs> Apologize and ask forgiveness even when it isn't your fault. I'm bad. I'm right. <laughs> it don't pay to be right. It pays to be righteous. Yeah. Respond correctly to victory and defeat. Get this one, love your mother and fa- love your love their mother and love their father with all your heart. Remember you love them first. Now get this. Your kids are a priority, a high priority. They are not your first priority, nor are they your second priority. Speaking mainly more to women than to men, I've yelled at the men for 3 weeks. So ladies perk up. If you are not loving your husband and putting him first in your house because of the kids, you got an issue. And you need to fix it. You serve him before you serve them. And all the men say. God is your first priority relationally. We say family is next. But this is the way you break down the family, the spouse, the children, then everybody else in the family. So listen, there's an order there. If you're spending more of your priority and more of your time on your kids and not your spouse, you're missing it. And it can't be better below where it's not good atop. Second thing is take time, pay the price. Take advantage of the teachable moments. We talked about that earlier. They're everywhere. Third thing. Hold on. Take the time, teachable moments. This is important. There are going to be moments and opportunities where the window gets open with your child where they are open to hear what you have to say. I am guaranteeing you, almost guaranteeing you, it will not be an opportune time for you. They will have driven you bat crazy before they say something like that. You will not want to be in the same room with them. They will be pestering you, pestering their brother, pestering their sister, but then they'll turn around and they'll say, Dad, what do you think? And you can't say, I am, I don't even know. Would you guys just leave me alone for a little while and give me a few minutes I've been at work all day, and I've had people talk to me constantly, and I can't take you in my face like this. 
Daniela, honey, it's all right. We'll pray for you. That is the exact opportunity that you need to take because that window will close. When they get older, they'll come home at 2 o'clock in the morning. You think your kids keep you up at 2 years old. You just wait till they're 23 and 20 or 19 or whatever that other one is. Take the time. Third thing, remember, these are your kids, not your church. Have fun. You need to make fun mandatory in your family. Kids laugh. They enjoy silly, stupid stuff. And it only gets worse as they get older. (laughs) But I'm telling you, we have a friendship and a relationship with our children at 23 and 19 like we only could have dreamed of 15 years ago. But we have worked our tails off for 15 years worth of days, worth of hours, worth of minutes planting seed for something that we wouldn't reap a harvest on for 15 years. But we wanted it. I didn't want my kids to hate me. I didn't want my kids not to be in my house. I didn't want my kids to be somewhere else. I wanted them to love me, and I wanted to be friends with them, but I couldn't do that when he was 12. I had to tell him no. I had to stand firm, and I had to say, son, there's going to be a day where you're going to thank me, but I can't today. And I know you're not going to be able to repay me. And they will repay you someday. They will come and say, you have been a wonderful father and a mother, but someday's a long time from today. Wouldn't it be nice if it was just a shorter period every now and then? But you got you got you gotta know that you're you're headed in a direction. How do you do that? You get a plan. You become a do as I do. When this is all kind of uncomfortable, it isn't for you. Who do you want to live better? You or them? them. I want him to be better than I've ever been. I want him to have more than I've ever had. I want him to be able to do more than I've ever done. I want to see him eclipse my life. So I will give mine for him. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? Huh? Let's stand up. I want to pray for you. Sorry. I got a little emotional there. I've had, my life has had to suck at times so it could be better for them. I've had to make hard decisions. I've, we've had to do things we didn't want to do. We've had to live the life we didn't necessarily want to live at the moment, but we knew in the end it was going to be better for them. It ain't about me, man. It ain't about you. It's about those little ones that God entrusted to you. Now, let me tell you a little something, though. As you get older, it gets to be about you some. And I'm telling you, listen, because this is important. If you will trust God with your little ones and make it about them, not everything about them, right? Priorities. But you make it about them in their life. They will grow up, and then you get to be you a little bit. And you know who gets to join you? Them. You don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss it. It's the best. Amen? Let's pray.
Father, we love you. And today we just open ourselves up to you. We need to get you involved in what's going on. If you're here and you have kids, young ones, old ones, you know, I'm not talking about 40s, you know, but I mean, you got kids that are in those, those, those younger ages where they're wanting to know stuff. They're wanting to hear stuff. And you need God to get involved. Just raise your hand. You say, man, I'm open. I'm open. That's what I felt to do today. Just to say, I'm open. I, wanna, I need to hear what you have to hear. I need you, God, to talk to me. I relinquish with us lifting our hands. I say, you know what, God, I relinquish. I relinquish what I think. I relinquish what, what, what I feel. I want to know what you think and what you feel. Your ways are higher than my ways. Your, your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I need you to help me with these little ones who are around. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.